I hate it. It's always getting screwed up. It's like sometimes I'll, I'll want it to rain and a pipe will burst in my bedroom and it'll just get flooded. Yeah, right. No, 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 really. Or I'll just, I'll just want it to be quiet and I'll wish for it. I'll wish for it. And I'll go deaf for three days straight. <laughs> you know where that's from? The Crafty. The Crafty, yes. The Craft from 1996. Such a great movie. It is so good. I love The Craft. It's one of my favorites, actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Sean, how are you today? I'm good. It's been a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day. Yeah, no, we had a very active day. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, welcome back, Charmies. I hope you guys like that nickname. Because <laughs> you're stuck with it. Yeah. Um, we are back for episode two of Brunch with the Hollowells. Uh, we actually did have brunch today before our recording. We had some breakfast burritos. It was delicious. It was very delicious. One of the best breakfast burritos. Really? It was? Yeah. You liked it a lot? Okay. Oh, I, I loved it too. So, yeah, we uh, we went out and um, had brunch at this bar, if you can believe it, and had bottomless mimosas, as we said we would, and uh, watched a drag show for the afternoon, mm-hmm. and now we're back uh, recording episode two for you after we got all sobered up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we are doing uh, episode two. This one's called I've Got You Under My Skin. Uh, this was released originally on October 14th, 1998. Director is John T. Kretschmer once again, as well as the writing credits of Brad Kern and Constance M. Burge. Uh, how did you like our first episode? Was it fun? Good? It you had time fun. to sleep on it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a good episode. We're very informative. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. And we're funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one, uh, I've got you under my skin, is um, a little different, but it's their very first official sort of mission or demon or warlock or whatever that comes after them after they discover their powers. I prefer Pokemon. <laughs> so before we get into the episode, I did want to bring something up to you um, that some of our listeners may not know about. Um, in the near future, uh, Freeform, which is known for its progressive, um, broadcasting, um, for young adults and early adulthood, you know, uh, folks, they are, uh, producing a new witch show and Mm. it's called Motherland. Do you remember me talking to you about this? I do. It sounds pretty hot. Yes, it does. So I just want to bring it up for you folks because it got it has me excited. So Freeform, along with Gary Sanchez Productions, in case anybody knows, um, all the way back in August of 2016, this has been in development, but uh, basically it's a show uh, regarding witches. It's set in an alternate America where witches ended up ended their prosecution 300 years ago by cutting a deal with the U.S. government to fight for their country. Now, this is obviously during the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, The series follows three young women from basic training in combat and magic into early deployment at Fort Salem. (laughs) Um, In this world, the traditional roles of a gender 
and uh, power are flipped with the more dominant woman on the front lines fighting looming um, terrorists threats that are familiar to our world, but with tactics and weapons of the supernatural. And uh, I love this idea. Uh, Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, Kevin Messick, these are all executive producers. And uh, basically they sort of quoted saying, we had been looking for a show about witches and the old landscape of the show suggested a world in the vein of uh, Man in the High Castle or Handmaid's Tale, while a military military force is the center of the show. Um, instead of guns and bullets, the characters use elements like weather patterns and a sound to subdue their evildoers. We really like the story possibilities that it gives us. I'm excited. That sounds really cool. And to have a world where the Salem Witch Trials technically took place, but just went on more of a positive end for the witches, obviously they would be integrated into our world. So I imagine the end, the seventh, eighth movie of Harry Potter, seeing all the wizards go to war. Mm -hmm. I imagine that just in show form. Yeah, this will be really interesting. Um, It doesn't necessarily say that it takes place in present day. But um, in their world, there's a Fort Salem and they're battling evil um, with magic instead of weapons. So Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. So, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up. And, of course, we're going to be looking forward to the Sabrina, the Teenage Witch remake that's on Netflix in October. So that's pretty fun, too. Mm -hmm. All right. So should we get started? Let's get started. Okay, very good. So um, why don't you start us off? I will start us off. So this episode opens on Quake, which I am a little offended to be led to believe this is the same Quake that we saw in the pilot, (laughs) which is totally different. (laughs) And we find out that Chef Moore had hired Piper, but then he took off. So now Piper is in charge of the restaurant, which he seems nervous about, but excited for. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, Phoebe comes in, and basically they're they're uh, talking, and they run into their friend Brittany, who they see she has an angel tattoo on her hand. Yes, it's it's very wise to pay attention to this tattoo. Mm-hmm. That's why I said it's slow. Yeah, yeah, they're showing it for a reason on screen, so <laughs> you you have to. But she does it upside down. I yeah. don't really because when you present it, she pulls her hand up, and it's just a very awkward way of doing it. So I wonder why she chose to do it like that but yeah i do think it's funny that they make sure to point out that isn't illegal to get it right there because of the veins like they wanted to make sure like all you young audience members watching you can't get this tattoo but we wanted it for the show (laughs) (laughs) so then phoebe has a premonition about the supposed cute guy down the bar alec and she sees that he's gonna come over and speak to her and buy her a martini yeah yeah so, I mean, yeah, Piper gets all pissed off about this, and it was like, we're not supposed to use our powers. No. And Phoebe goes like, no, you agreed not to use it. I abstained. and But she points out that she can't control it. Right. Which is funny, because you will learn, Sean, that in the future, you know, obviously, anytime she gets a premonition, it's literally because she's meant to know. And it's always to lead her to an innocent that she needs to save. Mm. So right now, I don't exactly know why she's getting premonitions like this. But obviously, it's to still introduce 
her powers and the fact that she's still learning how to use them, I guess, but also accept what she's seeing. So this is very random, but I mean, yeah, anyways, I just wanted to kind of point that out. I'd like to say I'm ashamed of my Alyssa Milano because she can do better than Alec. (laughs) (laughs) Alec has been on stuff. If I look him up, I'm sure I can point him out and some stuff. But yeah, I've seen him before. Okay. And then it kind of leaves that scene with Alec coming over and offering a martini. And uh, Phoebe's kind of weird about it. She's kind of like, yeah, I already knew. (laughs) (laughs) And it just kind of leaves with them taking off. And then we go to Brittany, who's going to her car. And something that I'm terrified of happens to her. She gets in her car and somebody in the back seat. I don't know how anybody doesn't notice anybody in the back of her back of their car. I really don't get it. (laughs) It. I mean, I know that for somatic value and suspense, like people just don't feel that. It's just I don't understand why you can't feel a presence. As big as that person probably was, I, I don't get it. But she doesn't notice and she turns around and screams and the camera pans back yep. and we see that she got attacked. And that's all we're left with for now. Mm-hmm. So then we go to a new scene where Prue wakes up in somebody's bedroom oh yeah the walk of shame (laughs) yeah so she's with andy trudeau who we met in the pilot and it's oh go ahead oh i was gonna say he looks so much better with the simple haircut who knows the time frame between filming the pilot versus now so yes he does look very different Mm mm-hmm so she wakes up before him and the alarm clock goes off (laughs) <laughs> as she's trying to sneak out for some reason as she's trying to sneak out and she throws that thing out the window with her mind so i love the fact that in the previous episode she's like yeah we're not supposed to see each other i'll call you next episode she wakes up in her bed right so yeah that call obviously came right after they <laughs> <laughs> said their goodbyes but yeah um yeah she just whisks his way out of the window i mean again she just can't help herself she's just destroying property (laughs) and just putting it wherever she just damn well please so she flings it out the window sneaks out and andy wakes up just as she's leaving and then we go to piper yeah so piper is watching a documentary about a witch mary estes Oh, you even got the name down. I haven't okay. got the name down. Yeah. I figured it would be important later, and you'd be proud of me for getting the name down. Very good. Thank you. Thanks, girl. <laughs> so in this documentary, it talks about how Mary got struck by lightning while trying to enter a church, and that this was because of God's judgment on her. Yeah, I mean, this this scene is is irrelevant because, you know, yes, they have powers. They're told that they're good witches, but they've been raised to think that witches are evil. It's just, that's just pop culture. That's, you know, um, tradition to look at witches in an evil way. So, you know, she can't help but wonder is, is are these powers coming from evil or, you know, is mm-hmm. it a place of good? I do find that interesting because I just learned not too long ago that the way voodoo is presented to Americans is very different than what it actually is. Yeah. It's not this big evil, you know, raise the dead and all this stuff. It's actually viewed over in Africa, kind of like how we view Wicca, where Mm -hmm. it's really not that evil. It's just the practice people do. Yeah. They don't, they usually use it for like, like healing. Yeah. And, and, you know, just like 
curing the sick or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very unorthodox and and poor chickens. But yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I I've heard the same thing. Yeah. So then, um, Prue lets Piper know that she and Andy had sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is the girl bond thing. She walks in from the walk of shame, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Yeah, we hooked up." And then she kind of lets Piper know. I feel like things are going too fast. And mm-hmm. Piper kind of throws some judgment on her saying, you slept with him on a first date. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what is your thoughts on like sex on the first date? Um, you know, I used to be kind of a prude about it, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think as long as both people know what they're getting into. And I kind of feel like, I don't believe in that wives tale that if you have sex on the first date, like they're not going to come back. I think if there's something there, they'll come back. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm torn between, I do believe that some people can't handle it Mm -hmm. and for good and bad reasons. I think some people get very overzealous and excited having sex for the first time. Um, right after the first date, it's like, Oh my God, they are so into me and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that it might not be the case. They just had sex. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be read into so much. But then there's the other side of it where, you know, you have sex on the first date and it's like, oh, you're, you know, it's that easy. And then the thrill of the chase is gone and no, you know, everything's kind of predictable after that or nothing to look forward to. So it could work either way. But I don't think I've ever judged someone for having sex on the first date. Right. Yeah. Well, it is interesting that you asked, too, because I know I bring her up a lot, but my Mary, my 60-year-old buddy, she uh, she had sex with her now husband on their first date. Oh, that's, well, I, I was going to say that's so awesome, but that's cool that they didn't read into it so much. Right, and, and they met when she was, I think, 62, and she's like, you know what, Sean, when you're my age, if you're into someone, I'm not going to play all these games, I'm going to have sex with them, and if it's... <laughs> If we connect, we connect, but I'm getting mine. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) All right. So then we found out that Phoebe's kind of judging Prue, which I'm more on Prue's side, though. They've known each other for a long time. Yeah. So what do they do? Um, Oh, this technically wasn't our first date. And then Piper's like, high school doesn't count. Right. You know, it's been a while. But they've changed. Mm -hmm. And, you know they've evolved into the people they are now. I mean, they're, they're still kind of getting to know each other for the first time. Technically again, yes, they have history, but I see it, but I don't agree with them, but I see their point as Mm -hmm. to why they said that. One thing that I picked up on in this moment is, you know, we've got Prue in her cute little black dress. And then we got the two other sisters, very modest looking in this scene and wearing, a light blue, which is very conservative. They're you, both matching in color. Like, you think that was on purpose? I think it was on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the tables kind of turn because then it's brought up that, I think Piper brings it up, that Phoebe had used her power to see that Alec was going to talk to her. Well, Piper brought up the fact, oh yeah, you met a guy too. Yeah. And then Phoebe was like, yeah, no, he came on to me. Remember that whole premonition thing? There you go. And yeah. And then Prue gets all bent out of shape, again, which she's good at. <laughs> after she used her power once again. And now let's oh, just put right. it. Yeah. She do like, she, this is twice in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then we kind of end the scene with Prue bringing up that somebody's abducting young women in their neighborhood. Oh, here we go. Yeah. More women are being abducted again. Yep. Okay. I'm glad I'm not a woman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our next scene opens back with Trudeau and his partner. Daryl. Daryl. Mm-hmm. Dorian Gregory. (laughs) You and that name. I know. So they're kind of talking and then a bystander comes in to report that Brittany's missing. And I believe he has a picture of the tattoo as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they bring it to them and he says Brittany never came home last night. And he last heard from her around, I think, 10 p.m. when she said she was going to be coming home Mm -hmm. from the bar. Okay. And that's it. That's just a quick scene. Yeah. Now, this next scene is probably one of my favorite moments of the episode. Okay. For a few reasons. Okay. So, Piper's sitting outside a church wondering, like, should I try going in? Like, is that documentary real? First off, Pastor Williams comes up to the window. He made me want to believe in God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Pastor Williams is played by Mark Shelton. Who is a little bit of a hottie. A little bit? Yeah, no, he's a hottie. Yeah. He's cute. But I feel bad because he's a preacher. Well, don't. <laughs> <laughs> he just plays one on TV. <laughs> I know. No, but he he was he seemed very nice. Very yes. cordial. Yes. So one thing I thought that was funny, though, about their conversation is they're just kind of like, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah. And then it turns into, hey, do you think a witch can go in a church? And he just takes it like. Oh, it must be Saturday. Somebody's just asking about witches. <laughs> like it's so like natural to them. You know, I think that when they are in a place to hear tons of confessions and whatever, um, they are practically prepared to hear anything. That's true. And regardless if witches are used as a metaphor or literal, they know that they are obviously on a path of some kind of self discovery. So if you got to ask me about witches, do what you got to do as long as you get with God at the end of the day. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but no, I it, it is very random. Yeah. And then um, he kind of walks away, and she gets out of the car, and she goes to go test, like, can I go into this church? And as she reaches for the door, she hears lightning. And runs away all scared. Yeah. So um, let's point out that clearly Piper does not get with God. She has not been in church for either a long time or ever since she has to test this theory. Because I'm like, have you? Well, I mean, yes, they weren't witches before. But I mean, has she not been in a church lately? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it turns out these sisters do not go to church on Sundays. Yeah. (laughs) Did you go to church on Sundays when you were younger? I did not. I didn't need. Well, I mean, I did when I, you know, was younger, but in my teen years and I moved in with my dad, we didn't have that in our house, so I didn't have to go. One thing I do have to say about churches and churchgoers, even though it's not my thing and I don't particularly believe in God, is um, I can really respect certain people who do have faith. Like, um, I want to call my mother-in-law. She's a very Christian woman. She, when Chris came out of the closet, she had trouble kind of processing it. And churches are very accepting. She went to church and the preacher was like, my brother's gay. (laughs) God doesn't hate gay people. (laughs) And I just see a lot of people use the church as a platform to help other people. And I can respect that. Yeah, very good. I don't knock anybody who, you know, has, you know, faith and religion as long as they don't 
let it impact them in a negative way <laughs> or onto others. Right. Yeah, it's one thing to believe in something, but then to force that on somebody else is just another thing. So. Right. I don't want to go to my conventions and see people holding signs telling me I'm going to hell. Yeah. Which I do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the thunderclap happens. She runs away. And then we go to our next scene with Prue actually being a little unprue-like for once. Mm -hmm. Like she's kind of a mess in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think she's running a little late. Um, she mm -hmm. gets in the elevator and there's a bunch of guys in there. And she's like, yeah, I'm on my way up um, 12th floor. And there's a bunch of people who are supposedly getting off before her. But she gets a call. Yep. And it's from Andy, who is kind of checking in on her since she decided to sneak out in the morning. And her business is just kind of in the street and just in the elevator, just being all, you know, broadcast with everyone. Right. We've gone from the walk of shame to the elevator talk of shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the conversation, it's, it's well known that she obviously is speaking about a night that those two had and a sleepover. And the fact that she's on her way to an interview to a very stuffy old auction <laughs> house. And so, yeah, the call ends. It didn't really go so well. Andy was a little bit pissed, but he's like, I don't regret what happened. I, you know, I like you and, you know, like, I'm, I'm cool that we hooked up. And so she gets off the phone and then the elevator stops on one of the floors. But what does she do? She uses her powers again. Yep. As agreed, they weren't going to, but she does it again and she makes the elevator go all the way to the top floor uh, so she can make her meeting. So, okay, explain this to me. How does making the elevator go all the way up, how does she do that with her power? How does she do that? Well, I mean, she obviously is controlling the mechanism in the elevator to close the doors back up and continue okay. going up is what I can think of. So now she's like a magical electrician. Well, telekinesis <laughs> is a very powerful gift. Moving things with your mind basically is anything. Okay. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I see it anyway. Okay, so she goes up to the top floor and we're back at Quake where we open with Phoebe running into <clears throat> Stefan. Stefan. He's not a bad looking guy. No. Step up from Alec. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a famous uh, photographer and he gives her an address on a napkin and suggests that they do a shoot sometime oh yeah and this was after the fact that they just totally embarrassed this girl right in the middle of a conversation with him <laughs> and oh, she, yeah. yeah and she's like you know yeah um i'm sure your girlfriend you know wouldn't be okay with you calling me cute and he's like she's not my girlfriend well, then why are we whispering? Yep. <laughs> and this is all right in front of her. That's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she agrees to, um, well, you know, he offers her the opportunity to do a photo shoot. Now, would you randomly just believe somebody is a photographer and wants to shoot you and not shoot you, but like do a photo <laughs> shoot with you and, and all that? Well, I mean, we do live in L.A., so I think I'd believe they want to shoot me the other way, too. Yeah. But, um... I'm sorry to say, I think I would. Okay. Well, if they I'm, were like an attractive person and I wanted to believe it, I think I'd make myself believe that it. That is so, that's all that it takes for you. That's so yeah. bad. That's so bad. Well, I mean, so Phoebe did recognize him. So he's a well-known person. He's not a complete stranger. He is, he's kind of famous because she recognized him right away. So he's been around for a while. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, in the world of, like, online dating and hookups and everything that we all do, gay, straight, whatever, I mean, you kind of do just have to take it on faith that you're not going home with a psycho. Yes. Like, why is she any different than if you meet someone on OkCupid and go out with them? No, you're right. I know. Makes sense. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she takes the napkin with the address, and that's about it for this scene, right? So Stefan is played by um, Michael Phillips. I don't recognize him from anything else, but yes, just wanted to point that out, give him a shout out. That is who Stefan is. <laughs> Wherever he is, he thanks you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a woman that he was speaking to earlier. That um, is the woman Stephane. who was in, embarrassed. Yes, the yes. embarrassed woman. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love this scene. We had like the dramatic music playing, like industrial going on. We have this wide sweep of these black candles. And then we see that she's tied up on a table and then we get the first shot of the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You called this a Pokemon type. What type is he? He would be a... Wouldn't he be a psychic or... or? He would be a dark type. That's what I was going to say. Like either a dark type or a psychic type. Oh, he's type. a dark psychic. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I call him a Pokemon because I just got such a kick out of how many times he says his own name in this episode. Javna. Javna. <laughs> Even says it in the scene. <laughs> So, yes, we get our first look at the antagonist of the episode. It is a demon named Javna, Javna, is what he says with his very deep voice. So Javna feeds one week out of every year, stealing the life force from the young by invoking the black magic power of the evil eye to gain internal youth. Uh, next, we find out that when Prue gets to her uh, floor where she's having her interview, she meets the person who is going to be um, in charge of hiring. And it turns out to be the gentleman who was directly next to her in the elevator listening to all of her gossip. So she is a little bit embarrassed, but she is definitely prepared to give her a uh, spiel and try and um, land a job. So uh, in her interview, you know, they they kind of talk about, you know, everything that um, goes on in interview, you know, but the guy that she meets with, his name is uh, Rex Buckland, and Rex is played by none other than Neil Roberts. <laughs> he uh, kind of brings up a little bit of the gossip that was said in the elevator and kind of judges her in a little bit. It, it might be a little sexist if you ask me. <laughs> so um, Prue obviously calls him out for eavesdropping on a private conversation and to also use that as a ploy to like kind of brush me off. But, you know, Prue stands up for herself and was like, look, you called me not the way around. I know my shit. If you don't want me, I'm out. So she takes off and she just assumes that she didn't get the job because of her promiscuous ways. I was proud of her in this scene, actually. I the was The way too. she turned it around on him. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Rex kind of covers that up and was like, look, I mean, aside from that, I'm just looking at your qualifications and I just don't get why you would want to work in some stuffy old auction house. Yeah. You know, throwing that in her face again. And, you know, 
this wasn't her gig before, but I mean, she knows all, you know, those artifacts and stuff like that, you know, so it just, why not? Right. Mm hmm. All right. So in the next scene, Piper and Phoebe are at the church dropping off the unused food from the restaurant. Such good Samaritans. Such good Samaritans. <laughs> and then <laughs> the pastor returns. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, I get excited. And he mentions um, it's Exodus twenty two eighteen. I looked it up. Okay. And it's thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Okay. So he pretty much straightforward tells Piper, throws down that witches are evil, yeah. according to the Bible. Mm -hmm. So Phoebe meets uh, an elderly couple who are playing the lottery, and they tell her that they're afraid they're going to lose their house because they can't afford it. And so she has this premonition of the winning lotto numbers. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. <laughs> Not those numbers. Oh, sorry, sorry, wrong show. <laughs> yeah, it's just the greatest show ever. <laughs> so, um, does she give them the numbers? I don't remember. Well, she writes them down for herself, and then she, you know, tells them like these are the numbers that you want to play. This is your lucky day. Okay. Yeah. And then, as they're leaving, we see an old woman who has an angel tattoo on her hand, just like Brittany did. So next we see Andy and Daryl are staking out Quake because that is the last place that Brittany was seen. And Prue drives up, and Andy kind of leaves the scene to go talk to her. And they find that Phoebe is already inside talking to Stefan. <laughs> Andy decides that he wants to corner Prue now that she knows that he knows that she's in the restaurant and he didn't like how things were left unsaid and unsettled. So he uses this opportunity to go and talk to her. Daryl's like, no, you should just stay out here. We're on a stakeout. There's no time for that. He's like, just give me five minutes. And then he, they synchronize watches and then he follows her all the way back into the kitchen of the restaurant where he accidentally bumps into um, a waiter and knocks over a, um, a stack of plates. Piper immediately panics and freezes the entire kitchen. Um, everybody's panicking, but this is a part um, that is important for you to know, Sean, is that when she freezes things, uh, the sisters are uh, unaffected by it. They don't freeze. Right. And so uh, basically when she uses her powers, it doesn't work on her sisters. So everyone's frozen except for her. And then they also look out of the kitchen and notice that the entire restaurant is also still going on. So the range of how much she can freeze in her vicinity is very limited. So it only went from the kitchen. So all somebody has to do is come back into the kitchen and see everybody frozen. And then, yeah, they would be found out. So they look out, Prue does, and notices that Daryl is has come in and is looking for Andy. So everybody's flipping out, and they don't know what to do. And so Prue decides to go and stop him, install him, so Phoebe can help Piper unfreeze the room. And so Daryl heads back to the kitchen, and as soon as he does that, everything unfreezes, the plates fall to the ground, and Andy's like, when did you get here? He's like, uh, it's been five minutes. He's like, I was only here for like 30 seconds. He's like, look at your watch. And then obviously everything's different. Yeah. And then Piper's like, uh, are you guys supposed to be back here? 
Like, <laughs> this is a place of business. Get out. What do you want? And then Prue's like, I'll call you. I'll call you. I'll call you. Just go. And so they, like, take off. Can I just say this scene made me like Phoebe even more? Because once again, I'm just like Phoebe, where she's like, I'm winning the lotto. I'm going to go buy a nice dress. That's right. Yeah, she's she's kicking it with Stefan. And when she's back there handling the whole freeze business, Stefan um, is seen with his hand all like old and battered. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously at this point, we find out that Javna is Stefan. Right. And uh, yeah, so he's got to get another woman quick <laughs> <laughs> before, you know, he turns back old right so then the next day we see piper looking through the book of shadows when phoebe walks in kind of like hey what are you doing and piper's all nervous because she thinks that being a witch is evil so she's going through the book to find any information that she can or any way to be normal again which i thought that was interesting like you have this great power but just off of beliefs you want to get rid of it just to be safe well i mean her life is no longer normal right. you know like she has to be on guard like 24 7 and she just doesn't like the idea of being a witch yet so it's just not in her favor at I the just, moment i just thought of a good saying we could apply to this what with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> that is definitely i just made true. that up yeah <laughs> So she finds that um, her and Pi- her and Phoebe are talking, and Phoebe kind of assuages her fears and says, "We're good witches. We're meant to protect against evil." So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a good scene. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's again, it's another one of those scenes that, again, it's all about the sisters and them dealing with it. It's not all about the magic and just fighting evil and just constantly being in this attack action mode Mm -hmm. that we're used to on Buffy where they're like on, you know, on the mission the whole time. This is the sisterly bonding part of the episode. So, so far, like, what do you think about these scenes? Do you find them boring or just like not even useful? Like what's the, not necessarily what's the point, but like get on with it or whatever. Like what, how do you feel about these scenes? You know what? I would say I actually like this episode more than the first one because of these scenes. Um, it gets a lot more into character. You see these girls as normal people trying to live with this extraordinary new power. And um, I like that. I like seeing the human part of it. Okay. Very good. Well, um, Prue decides to, you know, have this uh, sort of quick lunch or dinner date with Andy and they kind of come to an understanding about their relationship, but she also gets a call from the auction house and they sort of want to see her again for a second interview. And then, uh, Piper, she decides to go right back to that church (laughs) and was like, look, I have to go on the belief that we are good just based on what Phoebe said. And so she goes up to the church again and she, uh, finds out that witches are good or she's good because she touches the handle and then nothing happened and she even steps in and she's like all giddy and happy and stuff. So as she um, steps down um, from the steps of the church, she runs into an older woman who seems lost and doesn't know what's going on and very confused. And she decides to kind of see what's going on. But she uh, approaches her and the old woman's like, do you know who I am? 
can you help me? And, you know, this is when Piper notices the tattoo on her hand and that it's the same angel tattoo in the same position and just gets this weird feeling that it possibly is Brittany. But don't get a tattoo on your hand because it's legal and there's veins there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we go back to the auction house, Buckland's, and um, Rex is there with Prue giving her her second interview, which is basically giving her an opportunity to show her skills by presenting an artifact in front of her, and she is to tell us everything she knows about it. Joining them is um, Hannah Webster, assistant to Rex Buckland, um, played by Lee um, Allen Baker. Um, I don't who's trust a, her. She's a very well-known um, uh, TV character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on One and Grace. Ooh, oh, oh yes. you remember. Yeah. That's where I know her from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said you immediately don't trust her. I don't trust her. Why? Well, okay, so she's the one who knocks the ladder, which spills the paint. Yes. I think that was on purpose. Okay, well, I mean, she obviously has that, like, woman-woman jealousy thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Piper, Piper Prue blocks the paint from hitting her with her hands and technically uses her power, and then it splatters all over the floor and it hits her shoes, so she was safe from the paint. Mm-hmm. This is another indication that her powers could have been channeled through her hands, but... Again, that's not a skill, so I don't I don't know exactly how to really work with this, but that's what happened. Right, and the reason I don't trust her is not only did she spill the paint, but as Prue's leaving, she said either she's the luckiest woman alive or she's a witch. And that's such a like matter-of-fact thing to say, like... <laughs> It's so on the nose, you know? Okay. Either this or she has powers. So I will take that as a good sign because you easily could have just been like, what horrible writing. But <laughs> instead, you just put suspicion into the character. So, Well, I think Rex wanted to hire her so easily without knowing that much about her. I almost wonder if Rex and Hannah already knew she was a witch and that's why they want to keep her close Mm, interesting (laughs) theory okay so then we see the girls are at home once again prue walks in and piper has a guest (laughs) an old lady friend with an angel tattoo on her hand so of course it's Brittany. Yeah, yeah. Piper believes that it is Brittany, and Prue just has this face like, whoa, like, how can this happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they haven't really been given a lot of um, demons and warlocks to be messing around with. So the fact that they've already established, like, yeah, somebody can just age for no reason, and that just happens to be them. I mean, they're catching on kind of quick. Yeah. And um, they're okay with the idea that somebody out there is like aging women. Yep. They're just like, must be Friday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the next scene, we see Phoebe driving up to the address by herself. Now, I'm going to turn it around back at you. Okay. Because you asked me if I'd go somewhere with someone. But if they gave you an address and just said, meet me here. No. 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 So, okay, here's the thing. If I were to go... The establishment that she went to seemed super secluded. There were no other cars. Um, you know, if if he's that famous, he would have assistants, an actual office. Like, meeting in some warehouse just seems really weird to me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, do I set an appointment? Like, what do I do? Like, I don't know. It's just a little weird. 
Yeah, it is a little bit weird. Yeah. So as she's reaching for the handle, luckily she has a premonition. So she sees herself tied up on a table. <laughs> just like the earlier girl and she sees herself screaming so she decides fuck this i'm out of here <laughs> see this is why i love this show because she's no damsel in distress and we're not messing around like we did in the 80s like i see <laughs> a demon after me i'm getting the hell out and um this is how i like horror movies to be i want the characters to do the right thing but still get caught mm-hmm. you know find a way to film it in a way where they're not dumb and that's why they die. She took off. She got in the car. But man, this sneaky little devil got in the van for some reason yep. and grabbed her. Aw, poor Phoebe. <laughs> so then we go back to find Piper and Prue are looking through the Book of Shadows when they come across information about Chagna. <laughs> <laughs> so they're learning that he feeds on the life force of young people for one week every year. Which is, no, not similar at all. I was going to say it's similar to uh, Jeepers. Jeepers yeah, Creepers. Yeah. But it's every 27 years. Yeah, it's every 27 okay. years. But he gets, yeah, 27 days. So they see that he can be vanquished with the hand of Fatima. Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. So it's the Prophet Muhammad uses used the hand of Fatima centuries ago to banish Javna back to hell. Oh, to hell. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then Brittany is just kind of wandering the house like a crazy old lady. <laughs> and she happens to see the napkin with the address on the refrigerator. And she freaks out and says, this is the address, you guys. Javna. Which, okay, I'm just going to say it. I kind of am a little bit mad at Phoebe. Okay. Because whenever I'm meeting someone for the first time and I know I'm going to their, or maybe not first time, but even the first few dates, I always give the address to someone. Oh yes. That is a very good rule. I used to, I don't do it as often now, but I used to do that when I was like first coming out, I would always either leave my address on like a table or in my room just for somebody to see, or Mm -hmm. I'll tell somebody. I usually text people who I know are like in that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to do that. Good practice. (laughs) Yeah. So then we see Andy and Daryl are reviewing the tapes from an ATM across from Quake. And they see that Stefan. Stefan. (laughs) (laughs) They see him leaving with one of the um, girls they know that went missing. So they rush to go to the address too to catch him. And so Phoebe is captured just like in her premonition and he is about to, you know, take her life force. Tis her life force. The <laughs> potion works. <laughs> but um Prue and Piper decide to go to the address and um go and save her. So they're a little bit hesitant on going in because they don't know what they're gonna do, but Prue just decides to use her powers by you know, um, pushing the door open and uh, pushing Javna away while Piper goes and unties her. Uh, Prue is being hypnotized by Javna, who shoots a ray of light into her eyes and gradually like forces her towards her. But Piper decides to yell at her and say, you know, Prue the mirror and use the reflection to push his rays back into him. And so she does that, and it distracts him, distracts him, and he's all thwarted. And so they decide to um, band together once Phoebe was untied and say the vanishing spell. 
Vanquish spell to banish Javna and use the Hannah Fatima. So um, to invoke the Hannah Fatima, they say these words, evil eyes look unto thee. May they soon extinguish be. Bend thy will to the power of three, eye of earth, evil, and accursed. So then the spell works as Prue's hand turns into the hand of Fatima and is used to banish Javna straight to hell. Now, I'm just going to say it. I don't think Javna, Javna was a very threatening villain. No. Especially because, well, he supposedly had Prue hypnotized, she still was able to pull up the mirror. Yeah, I shall, I call shenanigans on that, and yes, this is not one of the stronger villains, but um, as we were told from even watching Buffy, is that some of these demons and antagonists are metaphoric mm-hmm. things that kind of happen in real life as sort of a life lesson, and in this one, I would just say, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> don't be going to places that you don't know, and if a guy is hot... That doesn't make him trustworthy, Sean. But he was high. Whatever. Like, that's not an indication that they can be trusted. But he's going to take my picture. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. But that's kind of the idea that I got from this episode. Just sort of this metaphoric thing is that, oh, he's hot. I'm a photographer. I can make you famous. And then, bam, that's what happens. No, I wouldn't fall for the photographer thing. Yeah. I'm not that dumb. (laughs) I'm pretty dumb, but I'm not that dumb. But um, with Javna's banishing, it turns out that the any women that was abducted and stolen of their youth turn back to normal. I call shenanigans. I call shenanigans on that as well. Um, because I wonder how many women in the world he did this to. Mm-hmm. Because it's one week every year. Right. Did all those women just kind of turn back to normal? Or did they all die? What happened? Well, and plus he... He used up the energy he took from them to be young. So if it's used, how does it go back? Yeah, I don't know if they figured out the rules with this one, but yeah. I understand for a happier ending. Like, you don't want to just see this young girl turn into an old woman and die. So Mm -hmm. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, what's next? So we see Brittany turn young again, and then we head back over to the sister's to see them walk outside where the cops are, including Andy and Daryl. And Daryl is played by Dorian Gregory. (laughs) (laughs) I love that name. Okay. (laughs) Fine. So um, they're kind of like, oh, uh, Andy's kind of like, what are you doing here? And they said, oh, we were in the area. We couldn't get the car to start. And you can kind of tell Andy's already kind of like bullshit. And I love that he even reaches into the car and he's just like, oh, it started right up. So now what you got? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at that. Car just started. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So I like that he's being set up as this kind of like skeptic, you know, he knows something's up. He's Gordon. Commissioner Gordon. Oh, okay. He just doesn't know any better. Answers right in front of him. Terms that I understand. Of course. You know, I got you. But um, the next day, they're at Quake, and they also see the redheaded woman, the the first victim in the episode. Not only did they turn back young, but they have no memory of what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Which is for the better. Yes, but again, that's just that's just very coincidental that it just happened to work in everybody's favor. But of course, if these women knew that magic exists, it would put them at a possible um, of exposure, is what I'm thinking of why that happened 
Mm -hmm. I find that fascinating, though, because I think it was Anne Rice who did the same thing with her vampires. They, I know this wasn't vampires, but they kind of glamour the person and then they heal the bite marks. So the person just walks away feeling lightheaded, but they don't know that they were just attacked by a vampire. Yeah. Or no, it's not Anne Rice because they die in that. It's something. Yeah. I don't remember what. Just okay. take my word for it. Okay. No, no, but no. I've heard the same rule. That's almost a little more terrifying to me that you could be going through everyday life and get attacked and not even know it. Mm-hmm. And it could be just simple things that we go through on a day-to-day basis are signs that we got attacked. Yeah. No, no, I agree. So um, they're at Quake and uh, they have this little discussion about the fact that, yes, they're witches and it's kind of a pain, but their powers do come in handy once in a while. So Prue is actually ahead of Piper at this point and she's kind of okay with where they stand. Mm -hmm. And that even though they have the strict rules not to use their powers, like, you know, it helps them out, out of binds. Whether it's, you know, something small or defeating a demon. Which, ironically, we close on the lot of numbers coming up. And now that it's okay, she looks at her ticket and it disappears. Yes, so magic has its funny ways of working around. Um, This is, Sean, where you learn that their powers cannot be used for personal gain. I mean, that is, like, literally against the rules, even against their will. So even if they try, it doesn't work. Um, it, it really depends on the situation because the old couple still got to keep their lotto numbers yeah. and win their money, but Phoebe is not allowed to earn anything from this. She's okay with it, but she's like, oh yeah, at least the old couple got their house. <laughs> and so everybody lives happily ever after. <laughs> I would like to talk briefly about my favorite part of the whole episode. Okay. It's a scene between Andy and Dorian Gregory. <laughs> And he's kind of, um, Daryl's kind of saying like, hey, what do you do for fun? Like, what's your, what movie did you grow up on? And specifically for me, the movie he says is Evil Dead 2, yes. which is one of the greatest movies ever. Not your favorite. No. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I just love that they picked that movie for this Look episode. Look at you liking this show. I don't like the show. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that is um, the end of our episode uh, two. So... Um, what did you think about this one? Improvement from the first. Um, I mean, right now they're still in this episodic sort of formula right now. It's, you know, baddie of the week type deal. What do you think? Um, I did like it. I, again, I liked it better than the first episode. I could see where the story could go and it holds promise. Um, still looking forward to getting more into the meat of the story. But I think this episode gave me enough to... Be satisfied for now. Okay. And Javna's lame. All right. (laughs) So um, this is going to be something that I hope we can keep up. I'll try and remember to do this every episode. But Sean, we are going to have a scrolling meter of the hot guys (laughs) on the show. Okay. And from our first episode, two out of the three made it out alive. And that's Andy and Daryl. But we were just introduced to three additional men. Okay. We've got Stefan, we've got Alec from the beginning who bought the martini, and Pastor Williams. So, from this scale, um, well, actually, let's do this. From the first episode, Andy or Daryl, who is the hottest? 
In the first episode? In the first episode. Who is over the other? Daryl. Daryl. Okay. So now we've got Daryl and Andy. Now we have three new contestants. Now you're going to have to rate them all from least hot to the hottest. Well, now it's going to change because Andy got the haircut. Yeah. So who who would be the least hottest out of the five? Least is Alec. Least is Alec. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would say, what's his name? Javna guy? Stefan. Stefan. Okay. And then so Stefan's next. Okay. And then Daryl. Daryl. And then Andy. Oh, okay. Andy. And then Mr. Pastor. Pastor is hot. He's hot. He was very, very <laughs> hot. Okay. So um, Alec would be fifth for me. Uh, Stefan, Andy, Daryl, and Pastor William. Mm. Yeah. You like you some Daryl better. I do like Daryl better, but that's because I kind of know the show a little bit. Stop it. I know. So this is from somebody who has a little bit of background more than you. But um, yes, we're going to try and keep this scale. I don't know if we'll list every single man, but Stefan is obviously off the list now. So we've got those four. So maybe we'll just do it by season or something, and then we'll start the rotation over. But yes, right now, Pastor Williams is the hottest guy of Charmed. Yes, so are. far. <laughs> okay, Praise Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we noticed in this episode. I think that's all you need to know. So yeah, um, they can't use powers for personal gain. Phoebe, I mean Phoebe, but Piper cannot freeze her sisters, and she also has a range as to how far she can freeze people. Um, Phoebe and cannot control when she gets premonitions. They just kind of happen. So even if they do agree not to use their powers, it's really not up to Phoebe whether she gets them or not. And um, Prue's kind of lighting up on the whole witch power thing. So, oh yeah, she got a new job. Um, oh my god, I forgot. We forgot to put Rex in the bunch. Where does Rex fit? Wait, Rex. The boss. Oh, the at, boss. Yeah, Buckwinds. Oh. I forgot about oh. him. He would go in between Alec and Stefan. Okay, fair enough. I actually think he's hotter than Andy. Wow. So yeah, he would be third for me. You're it's just, the accent. It's the accent. You're disgusting. <laughs> okay, well, that does it for episode two. Uh I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And again, we are looking for your feedback. If you enjoyed the episode, let us know. Tweet us at BWTH Podcast on Twitter. We're also on Instagram at Brunch with the Hollowells, all one word. And um, yeah, let us know what you thought of the episode. You can also send us a personal email um, to BWTHPod, P O D at gmail.com. Leave us any suggestions on what you'd like to uh, hear on the show. If you like our format, the show is for you as well as for Sean, but I am loving this so far. I'm having so much fun and I'm glad you don't completely hate the show yet because I want to keep watching them. (laughs) But um, yes, tune in next Sunday. And um, again, this entire series is on Netflix. So if you want to follow along with us, watch episode three um, by next Sunday and um, have that brunch and that mimosa ready because we'll be back with ours and uh, yeah thank you for joining say goodbye Sean goodbye Sean